Hello, and welcome to ASMR Terrar de Huello. Are you hoping to calm your mind, relax your body, or experience ASMR? Dr. Andrew Michaels is here to help you. Today, Dr. Andrew Michaels is taking a moment to help a colleague struggling with a friend. But there's a story from his own past that he would like to share first. Hello, and welcome. It's always so good to see you. It is. Come a little closer. It's funny, I never seem to have my chair in the right position, do I? I don't know why I do that. But, maybe it's because when you sit down it's a little off-putting to get this close and this intimate with someone. Especially when we have such important matters to discuss. Really? Well, I'm listening. Is that right? Really? Somebody made you feel that way? Well, that's terrible. Now, why would they say something like that to you? Do you have, a, do you have an idea why they said it? Well, we both know that's not true. You've always been kind to me, so I can't imagine you being that obtuse and rude to someone. But you never know, because it's amazing what upsets people sometimes. You don't even realize you said something that could offend them. Well, that's true. But we all do wear masks and... You don't know what's really going on under that mask, do you? Yeah. I made that mistake myself before. And that could be what the problem is. Maybe you said something that they've never admitted to you before and you've offended them. Some people don't want to share that part of their life with another it does happen. Well, no, it doesn't mean they're hiding some deep, dark secret, but I might have done something, oh, maybe not legal, but I don't think it's a big deal where you think it's a horrible thing. And morally, I might be hiding some tiny little behavior of mine, and you think, why is he so scared of that? That's not a big deal. Well, it might be a big deal to me. Everybody looks at life differently, don't they? Oh, you have to pardon me. I don't know what's gotten into me today. I'm just all over the place. I do understand that. I do. And I understand that, obviously, you said something that bothered the person. So why don't we go get them, bring them in, and uh, we can discuss this openly. Well, we are colleagues, aren't we? 
if it's just a simple little miscommunication, we can straighten it right out just by bringing the other person in involved and keep it between us and just let us air out the differences. Well, carrying this pain around is not going to help you. Okay, it's your decision. We won't include them in the conversation today. But, well, let me tell you a story. Maybe that'll help. This is going to be a little difficult for me to talk about. A few years back, a friend of mine passed away. I hadn't talked to him in so five or six years before he died. We just quit talking. I remember him sitting me down and saying, you're my best friend. Clinking our beer bottles together and our families doing things together. And you always remember the good times, but I also remember for some reason the fact that we weren't friends anymore. And I never really got a straight answer from him. I know his wife was disappointed in me. She didn't like him coming to me for advice. We were the kind of friends that if he called, I would stop and drop everything and try to help him immediately. And, and vice versa, he was very helpful. I helped him work on his house when he bought it. And uh, I could always count on him to help me move if I moved from one house to another. And I helped him build a barn, just put the siding on it, basically. The structure was already up, and that was a lot of work. That was a hot night there. Whew. We were all out there, his family and me, and I think I annoyed them because I was joking around, and they were serious trying to desperately get this barn done. I doubt that's why we quit talking. I mean, things just happen. People move on. We all sit down and look at pictures of our friends and family and we cherish those moments and we tell ourselves how we're going to be friends forever. But in reality, we tend to not cherish those moments and friendships and move on from them we get tired we get bored <laughs> I honestly think he got bored with our friendship we had different interests we were friends at one time and he got other interests he had other hobbies his family was into horseback riding and more nature stuff and I was more in you know camping things like that and we were more into going to you know hotels air conditioning and resorts and you know when it comes right down to it 
we did do a couple family vacations and they were they were okay i thought they went all right but there was some tension and maybe it wasn't a good fit for our families i don't know but i thought we were good enough friends to work through things like that obviously we weren't it doesn't matter now because he's gone and uh, I'm all over the place I'm just I can't get my act together today forgive me for that but what I wanted to tell you was that I was asked at his funeral to say a few words he wasn't a very religious man so the minister didn't know him and I had never been asked to say anything at a funeral before. And here I was, really actually mourning, really actually hurt. And the minister walked up to me and said, uh, "Do you, would you mind saying a few words for him? And I said, I don't think so. I don't think his family would want me to speak. I haven't been very close with him for the last five, six years. I was very honest with the minister. And he said, well, the, the wife actually wants you to speak of, of him, speak about him, because you, you knew him better than anybody else. And I was, I was shocked. She was surrounded by her family and friends, and I just looked over and I said, really? Okay, all right, I, I can say a few words. And I, uh, I remember, I remember it like I'm still there. It's funny how time goes by, but there's a certain moment you could put yourself right back, right back in the moment. I'm still there, still standing there, looking at him, laid out in that casket, his wife and family to the left and myself and the minister, and I'm just like beside myself. Okay, I'll say a few words. The uh, funeral was directly after the viewing hours, so I stayed. I had no intention of even being there and was not asked to be a pallbearer. It was a little... Well, let's just say I wasn't comfortable. The minister got up and said some basic religious stuff, and he wasn't religious, and his family, I don't think, ever saw the inside of a church. So it was all basic. In this case, in this case, mumbo-jumbo, to please the Christian members of the family. But you could see it falling on hollow ears. And I don't have a problem with that. That's how they live their life. And I thought about it, and that's what I wanted to talk about. And that's exactly what I talked about. I got up there, thanked the minister for asking me to speak, and thanking his wife for asking me to speak. I looked at her when I said that, and I realized at that time she did indeed want me to speak a few words. 
Luckily, I had my watch, and I put it in front of me to time myself. I didn't want to go on too long, and I knew how long I was allowed or asked to speak. And I began. And I said, He was my best friend. He really was my best friend. Though we haven't spoken in five, six years, I never really forgot about him or made any friends that were even close to as tight as we were. I'm more lonely now than I was yesterday knowing he's gone. But he was such a good friend I never took the time to move on and meet anybody else since. I guess in my heart nobody could ever replace a best friend like him. And it's not his fault. It happens in life. We move on. We think we're going to live forever. We think tomorrow I'll call. Tomorrow I'll stop by. There's always time, isn't there? We all think that. But today came. And we know that there's not going to be a tomorrow. He's gone. I speak of the obvious because I can't convince myself standing here in front of all of you that he really is gone. Maybe that's because he's not. Maybe down in my heart he's still there. Still there. Standing around waiting for me to call. Waiting for me to stop by. Maybe he's waiting for me to come over and help him with some project that he can't figure out or he's doing half-assed and backwards. And I need a favor because I can't figure something out and I have to bounce some ideas off him. And Everybody knew he was a great photographer. You could ask him anything. He knew it. Not only was he a great photographer, he was a student of the history of photography and a collector. And if I wanted to see some ancient relic of the 19th or 20th century, he was sure to have it. Anything from a turn-of-the-century naval unit to a zeppelin flying across the New York skyline. He was an amazing man of many talents, many hobbies, many vocations, a jack-of-all-trades, they call that. That's actually what they call him, a renaissance man.
And he remembered all the classics, all of the important historical figures of the time. He had a tremendous memory, and I'm sure that in that tremendous memory, he took a piece of all of us with him to the next life. And I know it's insane in this day and age of science and progress to believe there's a next life, but I do. I wouldn't call it reincarnation, but I would call it a cycling of old ideas and old thoughts and old souls. He was truly an old soul who had been here many, many times before. And I'm sure he'll visit this world many, many times again. He loved this world, and this world loved him too much to let go. Not over this weak mortal coil that he let go of now. He will go on. People like him do. People like him go on. He's definitely in my heart. And I feel it. I feel it like I've lost a brother. A loved one. I still have both my parents. I can't imagine what that feels like. But I'm beginning to know that that time's coming. And I will know what that pain feels like. Because I lost my best friend today. He's gone. And I know he cherished our friendship. And I know he thought I was his best friend. Why we quit talking, I'll never know, and it doesn't matter. Because I would give everything back and never speak of it again to have one more day with him now wouldn't we all wouldn't we all put down our differences put down our frustrations put down our anguish and our hatred and our anger just to have one more day with someone we love. And it would be a small, small and significant price to pay to be able to tell someone one more time that you love them, that you cherished their friendship, that they were your best friend, your loved one, your father, your husband, your brother, your son. We would give anything, given the opportunity. And he left his family well. He left them comfortable and safe. 
They have a storm to weather, but the boat and the sails are strong, and they'll make it through the storm. He worked himself hard for his family, and the fruit of his labors are before you. I know about him helping his son get his first home, paying for his daughter's education, his wife having the lifestyle that she wanted, that she dreamed of. She dreamed of a lifestyle of horses and riding, owning some property and living with nature, and he fulfilled her dreams. He was definitely the king of his castle, and his wife was his darling queen, his princess, that he had hoped to live happily ever after with, and live happily ever after, giving her the life she enjoyed. I always admired the fact that he put his family first. It may not have always seemed that way because he worked so much. He was away a lot. It was hard for him sometimes to make a living, to put money together. But he worked hard. He put in the hours. And in time, he made an impact on all those around him. He was a respected historian, photographer, collector, merchant, husband, father, grandfather, friend. If I was his best friend, then I wouldn't mind being mentioned last, which I did right now, because I should come last. I should be the last thing in his life that he worries about, because he knew I was okay, that I was busy working too, and every hour we put into our craft to support our family, plying our trade, bringing home those paychecks, was pushing our family one more step forward to financial independence. So if we didn't have time to sit down and have a beer and shoot the crap and watch a football game, doesn't make us any less friends. Time in life is too short. Maybe he knew something I didn't know. Maybe he knew his time was shorter than many would be. Excuse me. <clears throat> I get emotional when I speak of him. I know it's not easy. We've all been through it, one way or another. 
his heart of hearts and his soul that life was too short for him to be messing around. And he had to get to work. And he did work. He worked very hard for his family. Whenever we did reach out to each other on the phone, those few times when we did talk, he was not here or there. He was somewhere. He was doing something. He was making a deal. He was putting together a project, a fundraiser, an event, something for the local historical society, something for his wife, something for his kids, something, something, always something. And maybe he knew something about life and time. And he's the lucky one. He can go out saying he gave it all for them. He gave everything for them. It's something to think about. Can I say that? I look at all of you right now, you don't know me that well, not all of you. His family does, but most of you here today don't know me that well. Could I say that today, in front of my friend, in front of his witness, in front of my family? I don't think so. Not yet. I haven't given everything I could possibly do for my family and my friends, but I'm going to try, and I'm going to try to live up to the lessons that he gave me. And put my family first. Put the people that I love first. I admire him for that. I admire and I respect him and I will miss my friend. So to his wife and family, I end this now today saying thank you for allowing me to see him one last time to remember him one last time and share that time with you and remember how dedicated and how much he loved you and how hard he worked I'm not sure that's what everybody wanted me to stand up here and say today I know some people thought he was this and thought he was that, and nobody ever 100% agrees. But I'd like to see one person outwork my friend. I'd like to see one person out there be more dedicated than my friend. I'm going to miss him. Thank you. And uh, I sat in the audience and waited for the service to be over. And before anybody could congratulate me or try to shake my hand, I 
ducked out of the service and left. And I didn't go to the dinner after, and I, I didn't contact his wife after either. But one day, a few days after the service, I was coming home from work and had actually forgotten everything that had gone on the week before, and I was having a normal frustrated day, and I saw there was a message on my home answering machine. We hardly check those anymore, don't we? And the age of the cell phone. And I... Uh, I played it, and it was his wife. And uh, she thanked me for standing up there and talking for him because nobody else would. Nobody else ever got close enough to know him the way I did. And everybody had different memories of him and thought he was a shyster and a deal maker and a used car salesman. But you took the time to get to know him. And she knew I could speak well of him. And she thanked me for doing that for her. And she said he always wanted to get a hold of you and he always wanted to spend time with you. But it was so hard. He was struggling the last few years to make ends meet and he didn't want to ask anybody for pity or charity so he just worked in his off time and gave up on a lot of things just to make sure his daughter could finish school which she did and I I shook my head I would have done the same thing So, I'm not going to call your friend in to the room that you have a problem with. I'm going to leave that to you. But I want you to think about that. Time is short and life is even shorter from the human perspective. Don't let this friendship get away over a few silly, soft spoken silly words that don't even mean anything. Go to your friend when you can. Go to your family. Make amends. Make things right. Don't wait until it's too late. Just so you can have somebody tell you you were right all along. Not all of us are given a chance to speak and find out and get resolution to these things. I consider myself lucky, and I hope you'll take the chance to be lucky, too. You are? You want to you wanna go talk to them now? Okay. All right, don't be ashamed of yourself. Everybody, it's, I get angry, too. It's okay. Just part of our nature. We'll go ahead and go. We'll call this a session, and... I'll see you again soon, right?
That's right. I'll see you again soon. All right. Well, until I do, please have a most blessed day. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for ASMR Tirar de Cuello. Please take a moment to rate and review this podcast. If you are interested in additional ASMR content, you may view our library of videos at youtube.com slash The theme song, Atlantis, is by Jason Shaw of audionautics.com and is used by permission. Correspondence, including questions or requests, may be sent to tirardejuego at gmail.com. On behalf of Dr. Andrew Michaels, thank you.